0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast.
1: Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin'? Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Thursday, May 14th. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's going on, my dude? What's up? Today... We move into our must-draft wide receivers. Yes, it turned into a two-part series.
0: <laughs> yes, because, I mean... We're not going to do tight ends and quarterbacks. They
1: can take a flying leap.
0: Yeah, they can take a leap. There's um, so many wide receivers, though, that I feel like it's necessary.
1: So before, before this show, me and Rick were trying to condense uh, our multi-conventional lists down to um, five people. And it was very mm-hmm. difficult. So many guys that I would say you probably should have on your fantasy team this year, uh but we had to condense it down to five people for the and sake you know, of your time,
0: yeah, it's not even that like like we had a lot of different guys, it's yeah, it's not even like I disagreed with the guys you had, like there's a lot of wide receivers that I like this year,
1: right. Um, before we jump into uh, the meat and potatoes of this show, be sure to check out our website, the Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, on Instagram at the fantasy champions. And like us at facebook.com slash the fantasy champions. Uh, you can also follow us on our personal Twitter accounts somewhere on the screen. Subscribe wherever you, wherever you listen, Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, click the bell on YouTube for notifications and leave a review. Um. We're gonna jump right into the main segment of our show. Um, a few people have been requesting the uh, prominence of a listener league as of late. Yep. And uh, we will be doing that. Keep an eye out. We don't have yeah. the information yet, but uh, We're we working will. On it. We it's will. in development. Yes. So uh, let's jump right into our must draft wide receivers for twenty twenty. That might have been the fastest intro we've ever had. Mm, I'm impressed. <laughs> no news. No quick questions. I no, stabbed myself with a pencil.
0: Coronavirus news, which is boring. And don't, don't
1: ruin people's lives with that. See, We're talking about football, not coronavirus.
0: Dude, if I'm not even going to get into it, I was going to mention football <laughs> getting not happening because corona. And I just if that happens, I'm sad just thinking about
1: yeah. that yeah no that's no the good Whole
0: country i think the no whole good. country would riot
1: at that point. <laughs> honestly yes um so let's do our much draft wide receivers we'll start with um the first guy i see on the list not not no particular order my friends no particular order uh it's kenny galladay um last year we loved kenny g we loved this man's we did and uh what did he i can't remember where he finished he finishes with, like a wide 37? receiver one right
0: yeah, I think he finished seventh, I want to say.
1: Um, so going into this, Rick was kind of like iffy on putting Kenny Galladay on this list. I think he's just enough outside of the uh, the top six or seven that <laughs> we'll be able to put him on the must draft list. Um, his ADP right now is 24. But tell me why you really like this fella.
0: Oh, I mean, I love Kenny Galladay. He, he surprised a lot of people last year. and I mean, not us, but he's probably, <laughs> he surprised a lot of people in finishing the top ten um yeah we we know what we're talking
1: about you should just listen to us guys
0: well you also we 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 also have our fair share of
1: yeah that's true continue
0: but like everybody does it's fantasy football anyway um kenny galladay was one we were both high on last year and he had a good season and it could have honestly been better if matt stafford stayed healthy they went through a couple backup quarterbacks last year Mm -hmm. and neither of them played that well right uh Matt Stafford before getting hurt was in the conversation for having an MVP like season. Yeah. Um, before he went down. And the Lions didn't they added a running back, but they didn't add any other weapons to counter Kenny Galladay this year. So it's gonna be the same situation. He's right. the number one wide receiver. Although Marvin Jones is kind of a one B to Kenny Galladay's one A. Only
1: but, problem with that team is Marvin Jones.
0: Yeah, exactly. But um well, it's good for the team, fantasy wise. Yeah. A little annoying, but um, he's still, he was still good. Right. And there, because of that, he's get because of Marvin Jones, there's going to be a week or two where Kenny Galladay is not going to have a good week. Right. It's similar to Tyree kill a few years ago where it's a boomer bust, but not quite that extreme. Yeah. Um, because he'll still have his bad weeks will still be decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to, if Matt Stafford stays healthy, for an entire season, and plays right. the way he was doing last year, which I think he will, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's the first time in like six years that he's had a good offensive or a decent offensive line at least uh, in front of him. Yeah, I think Kenny Galladay has a chance at being a top top ten receiver again, maybe top five. Yeah, um, he he's got all the talent in the world to do it.
1: I love I love Kenny G. Um, I think I think for me. You know, obviously it does help, like you said, to to have Stafford back full time. Um he was out, I believe, week eleven and on. Week ten and on.
0: I think it was I think it was sooner than that.
1: So uh Kenny Galladay over the course of time where um Stafford was starting, he was the wide receiver ten. And then without Stafford, he was the wide receiver fifteen. So I think you know, obviously, not having Stafford week
0: nine was his last week.
1: Yeah, so we we you know basically not having Stafford for you know what is it half the season that really affected how you know uh, Kenny Galladay played, but it didn't affect him as much as you would have think. You know, you would have thought like Juju no. went. You know, who we'll talk about a little bit later, but Juju, I'm spoiling everything. Um, but Juju had the same. You know, situation where he had you know a crappy quarterback for majority of the season, and and struggled to succeed. Um, Kenny Galladay didn't have that problem with the backup quarterback. Um, he didn't play as well. Um,
0: yeah, but he was still decent. But he
1: was still, yeah, he was still pretty good. Um, so he was number four in you know, number four in the NFL in yards per reception, which is huge. He's a huge play receiver. Um, That's always why he still had success with, you know, Jeff Driscoll, was it? The backup quarterback. Um, He had a 75% true catch rate. Um, The interesting thing is he had 116 targets, but only caught like, I think it was somewhere around 60 balls, somewhere in that range. Um, But I think the biggest thing for me is that with a full season, like you said, uh, with Matt Stafford under center, um, he will see improvement. My question is, what is the increase in target share that he's going to get? Because he had 116 targets last year, you know, and I, I always talk about, you know, to ascend into that top five, which he was a top six or seven wide receiver last year in half PPR to ascend into that top five of wide receivers. He needs to hit. 130 40 50 targets and um last year he only had 116 how many games did he play you play all 16 or did he play 14 he did
0: you know it's interesting in standard leagues you know where he finished where among wide receivers in standard he finished third among all wide receivers wow the whole season.
1: yeah it was um, it's because of how explosive he was he he kind of yeah. looked like um not tyree kill but you you get the picture he's just he's a guy that can turn a you know 20 yard play into a 70 yard play
0: Right, right. Which you do all the time, and I mean, he um, in half he he finished sixth in half PPR, which is still like, I right. mean, um, top five right. fantasy wide receiver.
1: The we difference between standard Matt Stafford, wow,
0: for half the season, yeah, and yeah. It, um, in those first uh, nine weeks with Matt Stafford, though, he was he was very very good. Yeah, um, he had 121 fantasy points. He was averaging mm-hmm. 15 fantasy points per week, which was, in, I think, six mm-hmm. among receivers. So he was, even without Stafford, he was still consistent, um, which is a good sign because if Stafford doesn't get hurt again this year because he's known for kind of being an injury-prone type of quarterback, um, that yeah. he'll still be good and he'll still produce.
1: Yeah, I mean, all 16 games with Stafford is it would be great news for um, Kenny Galladay, but they also added uh, DeAndre Swift and, you know, they still have Kenny, uh, I mean, uh, whew, carry on Johnson, uh, and Marvin Jones, and you also have the Hawks. Yeah. So yep. I think there's a lot of offensive weapons. And I think the reason why that's a good thing for him is that it takes a lot of pressure off him in terms of who he's facing in the secondary. And I think it also helps him in terms of how efficient the offense is. You know, they get in the, if they get in the red zone more often, they're going to throw it to their wide receiver one in the red zone. So the more touchdowns he scores, the better. The big concern I see, A, is does he see that increase in targets? Which I, I'll say he hits 120, 130 targets, which is totally perfect for... A guy who mm-hmm. you know probably finished between five and ten in half PPR. Um my other real concern, I guess, is just regression because he was heavily efficient last year, even without Matt Stafford. Um it's one of those kind of weird situations where he was in a worse situation last year, played better. He's got an approved quarter, you know, he's got a better quarterback throwing to him most Right. So it's like does the does the regression And the not having a good quarterback kind of just wash itself out and he performs the same exact way or maybe a little bit better next year. I don't know. But to me, he is a must draft wide receiver. Like if you're sitting on the board in the third round, because right now he's going pick 24, you're sitting on the board in the third round and Kenny Galladay is there um sure. you're you're definitely you gotta consider taking him you know what i mean because yeah. he may not end up being this high-end wide receiver one that you you know need in the first round or second round or whatever you if if you prefer to have a top three wide receiver on your fantasy team that's fine but in the third round to get a guy who's probably going to be a wide receiver one drafted 12 13th 14th off the board is perfect
0: yeah and honestly like like take DeAndre Hopkins for example, who's going like fifth overall, sixth overall at a draft. Yeah. How much of a difference do you think Kenny Gall? Like I think Hopkins will be better than Kenny Galladay, but by how much?
1: That's a great point. Yeah,
0: and Galladay is going in the middle of the third round. Yeah, so I, I, I think Galladay is definitely must draft guy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the second guy on our list is DJ Moore. His ADP is fifty eight. <laughs> Uh, sixth round pick. I, I was looking at ADP as a side note before we jump into DJ Moore. Michael Thomas is thirteen right now. ADP of thirteen. I know. It's what's it's, happening.
0: It's, it's changing. It's, it's
1: he was going back he was up, he was the he was, he was the AD two. he was the number one wide receiver off the board last week.
0: You know what it is? Did
1: somebody just do a million yeah. mock drafts?
0: Like yeah, it's because he dude. was going so high. Now that it it just went the opposite direction because people are like, I don't want to take him second overall. And yeah, now it's too right. low, and now people are going to be like, "Why is Michael Thomas going 13 and he's going to be yeah. back backup? I think he's going to finish around like five or six, probably."
1: Yeah, yeah. In August, I would see that maybe late first round pick would be. Yeah, he'll be the first receiver off the
0: board, though I think.
1: Yeah, um, maybe I don't know. I mean, according to rankings, yes, he should be, but I I don't know that he. You don't know. If he'll I don't know if he yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. Um, people really buy into regression. Mm-hmm. And I think people are looking at Michael Thomas maybe as a guy that doesn't have the same success, but you just never know. Uh, But anyway, let's talk about D.J. Moore. His ADP is 58. I see him probably jumping into the fourth round maybe or a late third um, by the time August floats around just because, you know, there's hype around him. But I think there's so many receivers this year that people really, really like that there's there's a real opportunity for D.J. Moore maybe not to jump into that third round and, and stay in the fourth. Um, but his his offense has shown some some improvement. I think, you know, last year they didn't have a quarterback for a majority of the season. So the two guys that I was really, really excited about coming into the year, DJ Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster, both did not have their quarterbacks for a majority of the season. And it kind of showed for both of them, um, but DJ Moore still had a really, really decent season last year. Um, With the addition of Teddy Bridgewater, it kind of... I don't know, it, it it really, to me, it kind of solidifies a complete change in offensive scheme for the Carolina Panthers, you know, with Matt Rule yeah. coming in. And it's going to be
0: I, more of a run-first type of team.
1: I think, well, not even run-first. I don't think they need to do that. I think Teddy Bridgewater's good enough, you know what I mean? I think he's fine to throw the football. So I think what you saw, like... Under Ron Rivera and when you had Cam Newton with Cam Newton throwing the football, they never had this. Not that it was, you know, uh, not that it was um, Ron Rivera's fault. But with Cam Newton throwing the football, he's just a guy that always threw for 350 yards and 25 touchdowns, 3,500 yards and 25 touchdowns. And it was just never elite passing. And what really threw him over the top in fantasy and in, in real life was was running. his rushing. Yeah. Um, and so now with Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to rush, but he's more of a you know pocket passer that's going to throw the ball. So. I think you'll see that a little bit more in this offense. And I think that's going to help DJ more because with Cam Newton, he was never going to be a wide receiver one. And that was just, that was just kind of true for yeah, me. No, that's, but, that's
0: definitely true. Um, I, was looking at,
1: I was just going to so, bring up Teddy Bridgewater, ahead. but go ahead.
0: Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you can finish the point.
1: Okay. Uh, so I was going to say Michael Thomas over the course of weeks two through seven, when uh, Drew Brees went down last year, obviously different offense. So you got to take that into account, but Teddy Bridgewater uh, was at quarterback throwing Michael Thomas the ball. I thought Michael Thomas was going to take a big hit. He ended up he ended up being the wide receiver too over the course of those games. And so he didn't take any step back with Teddy Bridgewater. I think DJ Moore is talented. I think he's good. And I think that he's he's not going to be Michael Thomas. I'm not saying that, but I think that in in. and Carolina, there's a really good chance that Bridgewater can make DJ Moore, you know, maybe a six or seven at the wide receiver position in fantasy this year. Um, So that's kind of why I'm excited about him. I got some other points, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know how excited I've been about DJ Moore.
1: You're fading now. It's fading. fading a little
0: bit. Uh, Just a little bit, because... Uh, you're right. There is hype for him. Fantasy pros. I think has him ranked as the 11th receiver right now. So yeah, I think he's going to move up boards and sleeper. Um, and also I was looking at Carolina's stats last year. Mm-hmm. Team stats. They threw the ball. One of the most times in the league, they threw the ball over 500 times last year. Yeah. Um, I think it was over 600 times. Actually, they threw the ball. They were always
1: blocks. playing from behind. So
0: they were, yes. Um, And I looked at Matt rule and what he did at Baylor and he ran the ball more than he threw the ball.
1: Right. Um, Right.
0: So I do think he likes to and with McCaffrey there and Bridgewater, you know, is an upgrade. Believe me, he's an upgrade of what they had. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is kind of known as a game manager type quarterback. Um,
1: I don't think that's going to affect DJ more. I think it'll affect maybe a few other players on the team, mm. but I, I think DJ Moore being the wide receiver one and the comfort, you know, the little, the little safety blanket for the also, Carolina Panthers. I don't, I'm not sure that that's going to hurt him necessarily. Like they're not going to throw it as much, but I mean, DJ Moore had 135 targets last year. If he's
0: efficient, then it won't matter. You're right. And they, they also added Robbie Anderson, which kind of like mm-hmm. put another needle in it. And I was like, I don't like that at all. Yeah. Uh, because Robbie Anderson is kind of uh big play deep threat kind of guy and might take away some targets or touchdowns from DJ yeah. Moore. But I still like DJ Moore. Don't get me wrong. Like the way he finished last year with with Kyle Allen and Will Greer as his quarterback, <laughs> it was ridiculous. He had like a run of like eight straight weeks of being yeah ten, have having like ten plus fantasy points. Right. Um, he was phenomenal in the second half of last year. And he only had four touchdowns. Like he had over a thousand yards. Yeah. Seven seven I think that was his biggest touchdowns.
1: I, it, honestly, like, and this this comes back to when you're you know scouting for fantasy, and this is something I didn't do last year when I was considering Kenyon Drake on the Dolphins. Is that you know, and when we were considering Devonte Parker even being in the realm of possibility in terms of a good wide receiver in the NFL, you just looked at that offense and said, so gross." Right. And so I I think last year, you know, you kind of talk about without Cam Newton. You know, that offense was just so gross. You know what I mean? Outside of Mr. McCaffrey, there was nothing else there that could do anything. And DJ Moore was still able still able to produce with that. And I I just have a feeling that Bridgewater, if Bridgewater and DJ Moore connect, there's a really great shot that DJ Moore could end up being, you know, one of those Fifth, fourth, fifth round breakout wide receivers that ends up being sure, yeah. a ridiculous pick next year, and we'll be like, "Don't draft DJ Godwin Moore." Two yeah. Chris Godwin, two I, um yeah. But the 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 target share, I think, is definitely going to. It, 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 uh, to be honest with you, it'll probably stay the same. Like when I when I start projecting the Carolina Panthers, I'm probably going to project um, him with a, between 130 and 140 targets. I don't see. That taking a massive increase unless Teddy Bridgewater does target him like he did uh, Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. That so, was also a
0: different situation though because there was no number two receiver there. I mean, it's at the time it was mm-hmm. really just Michael Thomas and I think Jared Cook was healthy. I don't know if right. he was injured at that point. Right. Um, but it, Michael Thomas
1: it, is always the only receiver there.
0: I know. Well, now they added Emmanuel Sanders, so that might anyway. do something. Probably not. But yeah. anyway, yeah. I still like I, I still really like T J more. Like yeah, especially if he's there in the fifth fourth round. Like I, I, I will definitely take him. Um I'm just like I'm just slightly concerned that there's gonna be a lot of weight hype for him. Yeah. And he's gonna fly out boards.
1: Yeah, I mean that could happen, but I mean I I feel like there are so many like when you look at all like even before the show like there was I asked you to send me your must draft wide receivers list and and we you know to consolidate it down to five and I looked at it and I was like goodness there's guys on this list that I didn't put on mine." (laughs) so it's like but you know and I like them too so it's like there are just so many guys in the middle rounds at this point that that people could get hyped up over that I feel like I feel like there's there's second year wide receivers that people are going to fall in love with. Um, the Terry McLarens, the Debo Samuels, you know, those guys are going to get hyped up and they're going to move up boards. And I, I just don't see the the wiggle space for DJ Moore to to swerve his way down the draft board to make himself yeah. high enough to be a third round pick. I just don't see it. I think people will get excited, but there's so many people. There's so many wide receivers that you can get excited about that. It's going to be kind of a, a modge podge of people. You know what I mean? So I don't think that DJ Moore is going to have a huge, huge increase in in status and stuff like that. I I really don't. Yeah.
0: He's going in the sixth round right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sixth round. That's, that's insane.
1: Yeah. So if you, if he's, if he's there fifth, sixth round, I mean, he's a, for sure a must draft. Um, I did want to note that, uh, I think, I think, you know, he, uh, had, I think it was a two fantasy point per opportunity total, uh, which is fantastic. Um, And I think he's going to have a little bit more productivity because the offense, I I feel like the offense is going to be better than it was last year. So uh, you you could see more uh, productivity. Uh, And then the other thing I wanted to note is Matt, Matt rule loves uh, outside playmaking receivers, which DJ Moore Mm -hmm. falls into that category when he was at Baylor coaching Baylor last year. um, Denzel Mims was his wide receiver one. And um, he had 66 catches, I believe over 1200 yards and, He was explosive. Um, He's known as a big playmaking outside receiver. So I think in this offense, what is Michael Thomas? Same thing. So I I feel like DJ more fits the mold. And I think he's way more talented than Robbie Anderson. So there's a really, really great shot for him to end up being a top, five wide receiver if he does i think the ceiling is that high and i think the floor is low i think he's you know floor is mid-range wide receiver too if he stays healthy you know what i mean the entire season and then at best case scenario he's he's probably number four number five in fantasy but i think to sit you know to take that middle road i could see a a finish of eight or nine as a realistic option this year um so i think that's why he's a must draft especially in the sixth round Let's talk about Debo. Why do you like Debo? Pick thirty-seven oh, in the draft. I
0: Absolutely love Debo. Oof. So he he is pick thirty-seven in the draft.
1: He's getting um, me sweaty.
0: Sleeper right now. Yeah, and I would take him there, uh, but I think Fantasy Pros. I had his ranking a minute ago. It was late though. Like it's not it's not what Sleeper is saying. Um, they like it was. Recently. It's further down. It's w- much further down. It's like wow. seventh round. Okay. Uh, I think it was seventh or eighth round to fantasy pros okay so it's 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 two completely different aspects but for me I love Debo Samuel this year I'll just say why I like him um first of all Emmanuel Sanders is gone so they did draft Brandon Ayuk but he's a rookie wide receiver yeah Debo is going to be the guy in that offense. I I think is kind of like the guy but I think Debo is like the guy yeah um they also Jimmy Garoppolo, I know, I know you're gonna be like uh but he, he he last year he was coming off a torn ACL. Right? And if you look at quarterbacks who come off a torn ACL, Carson Wayne. As long as you don't
1: right. project Jimmy Garoppolo to be in the top five I'm, of fantasy. I'm right? not
0: I'm not saying he's gonna be in the top five. No, here we go. Statistics, <laughs> We've been
1: on this train before.
0: No no no, I'm he's not he's not gonna be in the top five. I don't think okay. he's gonna be in the All top. All right, five. good. But statistically, he might be better than he was last year.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Most
0: most quarterbacks that come off an ACL injury, their first year back, statistically, isn't great. Carson Wentz, uh, was it two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, two years ago. And then Tom Brady, uh, his Took o- him a couple season, years. he tore his ACL. Yeah. And in 2009, he had 26 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Yeah. Um, And then 2010, he had like 38 touchdowns and 5 interceptions or something like that. So, okay. He had a major leap. I'm not saying it's going to be like that because it's Tom Brady, but um, but even like Wentz had a better season last year than he did the year yeah, before. So, right. so it, the the ACL thing is real. I think he might have a he, he'll be more comfortable this year. And is also taking that year two jump, which we talk about with receivers a lot. Yeah, uh, after their rookie season, the year right. two or year three jump. I mean, even DJ Moore, who last year his year two jump. Uh, it wasn't as high because of his touchdowns, but mm-hmm. his receptions and yards yeah. went flying up. Um, okay. So they, there is that aspect to it as well. And I also yeah. think he's Jimmy Garoppolo's go-to guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think the, the big concern really last year was the fact that, you know, um, when you look at Debo's numbers, they're not – what you would want them to be when you're talking about a a wide receiver one type player. You know, he only, he had 81 targets, 57 receptions. So that's good, but that's only five targets a game. You know, in fantasy football, it's all about target share. It's all about production and five targets a game is just not, it doesn't cut it. You know what I mean? Um, But he is a young rookie quarterback I mean, uh, he was a young rookie wide receiver, so he's not going to get that target share. I believe they also had Emmanuel Sanders last year. Is that right?
0: Yes, they had Emmanuel. How long
1: did he play the whole season?
0: He did not. He did not play the whole season.
1: Okay, all right. So anyway, they they were throwing it to a plethora of guys, um, more specifically George Kittle. Um, They drafted a wide receiver this year, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Dante Pettis, who we thought was going to be good, um, has, you know, he's kind not. of, he, he, there's
0: talks that he might get,
1: yeah, changed. that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. So that's what I was just about to say is that he's going to get cut. So, or, you know, good chances that he's going to get cut, but Debo is ready to explode. He's projected to be the wide receiver one on the team over the course of weeks, 10 through 17. He was the wide receiver six overall. Yep. Um, and he has one of those fancy, fancy point per opportunity totals of, of 2.3, which is highly efficient. Yep. Um, which gets me sweaty. Um, like I said, only that th- those 81 targets are really concerning, but at the same time, I think there could be an increase, especially if, if uh, you know, Jimmy G does take a little bit of a step forward this year, you could see an increase to 120 to 130 targets, which is where right around where Mr. Godwin was who, according to player profiler is his comp. So, um, so I'm and,
0: sweaty about D though.
1: Yeah, and he he also had 14 rushes last year for 159 yards and three touchdowns which could improve his floor if they utilize him in that same way, giving him, you know, 10 to 15 rushes on the season and he ends up with 150 rushing yards and a couple of touchdowns, that could be enough for him to give you a floor that's good enough to just draft him anyway. So, um and his true catch rate is 82%, which is absurd. So, yeah. I, I think I think for me Debo is, is ready for an explosion. I think the only leap that he needs to get over is the targets. And, and, and I like the San Francisco 49ers offense is good. And we know that, but the concerns for me have always been like, do they, they run the ball? a lot? They run the ball a lot, but I don't even care about that. It's more or less the fact that like nothing Kyle Shanahan does ever makes any sense for fantasy football. <laughs> That is true. Like, but <laughs> besides true. George Kittle, so like, yeah. but when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, I believe
0: mm-hmm.
1: he was that he did that, right? I, I think
0: yes, he was the And
1: Julio Jones was this wide receiver yep. one. Yep. So you could see that happen with Debo. I'm not talking about you know he's not
0: gonna be Julio. He's not gonna be Julio.
1: But I'm I'm just saying like I could see 140 targets go his way this year, and if he hits that total, Rick he could be a top five wide receiver and oh, and to, to nab that guy, I don't care where he is fourth round. You could to nab I that guy in the fourth round, yeah. the third round, even if, even if he's a second round pick, which is a little high for me, but
0: that's, yeah, that's kind of, it's a stretch, but
1: I, in the he won't reach the second round because there's so many good yep. top receivers. Gosh, so um, it's a good, there's a really good chance that Debo Samuel ends up being a fourth round pick, third round pick in that area. And he's perfect. You know what I mean? Like if you were, if you were to get DJ Moore or Kenny Galladay uh, or I'm sorry, Kenny Galladay in the second round or the third round and then Debo Samuel in the the fourth round, Uh (laughs) you might have a very good breakout team on your hands, but I I think Debo Samuel is going to come in and he could be a league winner. Um, That's how good he can be. But with Kyle Shanahan, you can never take anything as, you know, you can never take anything for granted So last year we went into the season and we thought Dante Pettis was going to be real good. And he wasn't. That's true. So it's like, and he had the same week 10 through 17 stretch where he was a really good wide receiver. The story, the story was the same. You know what I mean?
0: Also wasn't, um, with Garoppolo though. That's true. He, uh, he also didn't play in the postseason, and I don't think he was as good yeah. as Debo was. Right. That. He had a good week stretch, but he wasn't quite that level. And Debo, remember, was a rookie last season, putting up yeah. those, those numbers, like with the 57 catches, 800 yards. Like, you would expect a year two jump, and yeah. it, it, it's really good. And in fantasy pros, I'm very surprised. They have him ranked 70th among players. The, you know, fantasy had, pros? Yep, you know who, who was ahead of him among wide receivers? Who, Jarvis Landry and AJ Green and Terry McLaren.
1: Wow, yeah, I would say so, I would say to be honest with you, he's probably outside of Galladay my favorite wide yeah. receiver on this list.
0: He, me too. I think I think by, um sleeper's gonna going see these rankings too, and people are gonna see these rankings, and he's gonna fall down some drafts. Like he might, yeah, he might end up being like a fifth round pick. Um, I don't get, get it. Debo's
1: though. a legit threat to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love Debo in the fifth,
0: yeah. sixth round. People,
1: we're going to get castrated by the fantasy football community for saying Debo is going to be a top six receiver this year. Top five <sighs> receiver.
0: <laughs> it's potential.
1: It's potential. It's yeah. Potential, when I yeah. say top five, it's, it's potential. Like for me, you know, we always talk in fantasy football about having that, you know what I mean? Um, you know blanket of understanding um that a wide receiver can have a breakout season you know what i mean and get drafted in the sixth seventh round and you got to draft that value you know what i mean mm. so it's like yeah. i feel like i feel like so many people are just so caught up with the you know what i mean the michael Thomases of the world and the deandre hopkins of the world and Devonte adams and the top receivers that they don't spend time trying to figure out who actually is going to be in the top 10. You know what I mean? Because some of these guys might get hurt. Some of these guys might not end up being as good as you thought they were. And, and you know, like nothing ever stays the same from season to season. So it's like, you have to find these gems in, you know, the fifth, sixth round that are going to be insanely good. And I think Debo is that if he ends up being a fourth, fifth rounder, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a steal. Right. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, he's falling in the range of Odell Beckham at pick 70. Yep. <laughs> Which is... Well, actually, I don't know. Is he falling into that range? I didn't yeah, write his was, ADP down.
0: It was, It was. was. It's late, though, in sleeper. It's like seventh round.
1: I got you. I'm going to pull it up real fast before our discussion about Juju. Where are you at, I buddy?
0: I think it's like seventh.
1: Uh, yeah, it's 76. Eight, seven. Five yeah. picks after Odell. Yep. So... I love Juju. Um, you know, I love Juju. I talked about him a million times last year. I discussed exactly why I thought he was going to be a wide receiver. One, why I thought he could be a top five receiver. And I still thought, all, like, I, I, if I was to go back and, and you know, Ben Roethlisberger was a, to play a whole season, I still think that Juju Smith-Schuster could have finished as a top five wide receiver. I don't yep. think, and I think the common consensus right now is that Juju wasn't good because Juju was not as good as we think he is. No, Juju wasn't good because two clowns named Duck Hodges and I don't even remember the uh, Mason Rudolph were throwing him the football.
0: And so probably a better kicker than a... a
1: There were literally other options in free agency and they didn't try to find a better option. Freaking Steelers. But that's why Juju wasn't bad. He was still targeted six times a game. And he's still the number one receiver on the Steelers, regardless of whatever, whatever your opinion is of Juju. He's still the number one guy, unless they bring Antonio Brown back, right? Mm-hmm. Which they traded him away because they didn't want him anymore. They wanted to get rid of that yeah, problem. They're not, they're not, bringing, Antonio they're not bringing Antonio Brown back. He's still going to be the wide receiver one. They're not going to trade for somebody that's better than Juju. It's not going to happen. He's still the wide receiver one. Um, So for me, I, I think... I think he's going to increase his target share with big Ben back to what it was, which was 160 targets last year or in 2018, I should say he had a 1.7 fantasy point per opportunity in 2018 in 2019 that decreased 0.3 points, which is significant at the end of the fantasy season, but he had a catch rate of a true catch rate for catchable targets, which was not a lot of catchable targets. I'll say that, but uh, of 80%. So, Big Ben throwing him the football probably is going to get a little more accurate. I feel like Juju has a chance to really explode onto the scene again this year uh at an extremely yes. low value. And if you're if you're sitting in the eighth round and you are She's looking not, at a wide there's receiver, no there's, there's no way you don't take Juju. He is a one hundred percent a must draft. He's a must draft in the sixth round, he's a must draft in the fifth round, he's a must draft in the fourth round. But if you're starting to talk about the third and second round, then you can start questioning whether or not the value is there. But I don't think he's gonna yeah. jump up. He burned so many people last year that he's just not going to jump into up if into that Juju conversation.
0: Smith Schuster is on the board in the eighth round and I'm pecking I'm running around circles around my house. I mean, that's that would be. <laughs> you start sweating. Value, right? <laughs> people like fail to realize yet yeah, he burned a lot of people last year, right? Yeah. And I've talked about this on the show before, but he, the one game he played with Big Ben, he remember he was matched up against Stefan Gilmore, eleven targets in the league. Yeah, he had six receptions for seventy-eight yards.
1: Let me let me uh let me pull out his target total. Spoil your talk. He had
0: eight targets. I guess actually.
1: And that also, too, one of the things that um, he had eight targets in that game. Yeah, Yeah. I think one of the things that people don't consider about that situation either is that um, they tried to move him to the the outside. outside. And when he was playing with Big Ben, he was playing on the outside. So I think if he plays in the slot, which is where he should be with Big Ben, and you got Deontay Johnson on the outside, with um who's the other guy they just picked up that goes that's going to play the on the they side. Drafted? yeah so yeah. he'll play on the other side but juju's yeah, yeah, yeah. going to be in the middle and so i i feel like i feel like he's going to get more of a target share but i mean nine targets a game that's solid you know what i mean he's yeah. he's not going to be you know deandre hopkins last year getting 12 targets a game you know what i mean but nine ten targets I mean, if, a game that's that's really good throws
0: the ball as much as he did two years ago <laughs> it depends on
1: how sucky the steelers defense is
0: yeah well, the Steelers' defense is going to be good. I think the only problem, yeah, they don't—they're not sucky. I'll take that. Not nearly as good as he was two years ago, which yeah. I think is the case. But he's—I think Big Ben is not a great quarterback anymore, and he's still yeah. much better than Mason Rudolph. Oh, for
1: sure. Conscious.
0: If, if Ben—if this was Prime Ben Roethlisberger or Ben Roethlisberger three years ago, I'd be saying Juju should be in the top like five among wide receivers, right? Yeah, right. And he should maybe even top three. Like I would—I would be that high on Juju. The mm. problem is, I think Big Ben kind of caps his ceiling but he's still to me gonna be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this
1: year yeah yeah he's definitely a must own there's no doubt about it top 12 at least um so I, I was gonna put Cooper cup on this as so we had Cooper cup Adam thielen some some guys uh, let's talk about Terry McLaren because I just feel like talking about okay. Terry McLaren instead all right <laughs> I, I hope like you're Cooper prepared for those. that That's so nice. Rick put Terry McLaren on his list um and I I took some a minute few minutes to talk about it I mean uh, I think about it and then uh, I was like, we should, we should talk about this guy. Sure. So he's an interesting player because the first half of the season, he was good. Um, yep. When Dwayne Haskins came in, he kind of just disappeared. Yep. Uh, I picked him up off the waiver wire, had him on my team, traded him at a high value, ended up getting, I don't even remember who for him, but it was a good player. Um, but I traded him when he was high and then he completely collapsed And then in the last three weeks of the season in weeks 15 uh, week 14, 15 and 16, the last three games he played, I believe those were with Haskins.
0: I think it was with Haskins. I think it was week 15, 16. He was
1: the wide receiver six in all of fantasy football. Yep. Um, He has two fantasy points per target. So he's in that range of being very, very efficient when targeted. Um, And his QB rating the QB rating for the quarterback who was playing when they targeted him was 115.9 so he makes receivers better um he has a 40 time of 4.35 which is in the 98th percentile he's wicked fast uh extremely talented um and he had 93 targets last year which is only 6 a game but i think if you know he increases to 120 targets. He's going to be a top 12, top 14 wide receiver in fantasy football. High-end wide receiver, too, is probably where he'd land. I think he's a must-own because he's going in the eighth round. You know, he's another, and I don't see him taking a massive leap forward in terms of ADP. So mm-hmm. he'll probably end up maybe at best into the sixth round, is what I'll what I'll say, uh, at, at the yeah, highest Fancy value. Fantasy Pros
0: has him ranked in the seventh round, too. So I feel like it's yeah. not... I think he's gonna be a seventh to eighth round pick. Right. Um, I love Terry McLaren. I think I mean he, statistically wise, for his whole season he was similar to Debo. He had a little bit more yards and he had seven touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, so he had a little bit more touchdowns, a little bit more yards. I mean he like you
1: said, catch he, up know, mustard like, on the that, side.
0: He was that fast. Like he Yeah, He's explosive and I mean Mm-hmm. The one Redskins game I watched, yeah, I think it was against the Vikings. I the no one record.
1: Redskins game you watched,
0: I watched. I watched some Redskins games, but dude, they were the most boring team in football last year. Yeah, um, and they they showed a clip of I think it was whoever whoever the top corner is with the Vikings. I don't know if it was Xavier Rhodes or um, who it was, but Ugh. he was matched up against their top corner. Yeah, and he put a route on him, and he was he just absolutely made him look like. He made the cornerback, who was one of the best corners in the league, yeah. look like he was a high school player. Wow. I mean, he, he demolished him as a rookie. Uh, and he just couldn't get the ball. This is one of the he best route three. runners. Haskins over, Overthrew him, like two because this was one of Haskins' first games. He overthrew him like two times in a row. Um, and yeah. he was wide open. He's a great route runner. Um, and he's explosive. And if in the last three games when Haskins played okay, mm-hmm. like he, he finally like settled down and played well. Um, McLaren was going off as well And I'm not saying he's going to be a top 6 fantasy wide receiver All season because uh, The Redskins are still not like you said You were telling me earlier the Redskins are still not a good football team um, Especially on offense Yeah But if Haskins could just be an average quarterback This year like he doesn't have to be great And I don't think he will be great And he doesn't have to be even good Like if he's just like Mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle Where he you know like 25 touchdowns 13 interceptions like an average NFL quarterback, like average statistics, I think Terry McLaren could be really, really good. Yeah. Um, And definitely worth an eighth or seventh round value.
1: Like you said um, a little bit earlier, he is on the Redskins. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, the, the unfortunate part for me about Terry McLaren is that uh, he is on the Redskins. (laughs) So, Uh, I told you before you said, Oh, I want to put Terry McLaren on the list. And I'm like, why? (laughs) I started looking at some of his numbers and I'm like, yeah, I mean, eighth round, probably a must draft, not really going to ask any too too many questions with that. I I do. I do just think the, the biggest question for me is that he, he's probably on one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And Dwayne Haskins was just not good last year, even towards the back end of the season. He was decent, but he still isn't there, and I don't think he's gonna take this massive year two leap that's gonna get uh, Terry McLaurin into a place where he he's gonna be explosive. But I think he's good enough to be a wide receiver too. And and like I said earlier, like if he plays to the capability that he has, he can probably be a twelve to fourteen guy. Um, but I just don't think I I don't think I I feel like going into the season. Being on the Redskins is a problem. And unless Haskins takes a massive yeah. step forward, I don't see McLaurin jumping into the wide receiver one conversation. Um, but I, I think there's enough there to be excited about him. And um, I think I'll probably be more excited about him year three than I am right now. Sure, but I would not, I don't have a problem with drafting him on all my fantasy teams in terms of what round he's going in. Cause if he stays in the eighth round, I mean, it's a steal. You just take him and you put him on your bench and you hope he works out. And if he does, you know, you, yeah. you, you get a great player. But, uh, outside of that, I don't think he's a guy that you can draft and go, yeah, I, I think I can start him week one justifiably. You know what I mean? Um,
0: see, I don't know. I think, I think, I think you could, you could start him week one as a wide receiver too. Um, well, I don't okay. know who they're playing. Actually, it depends. <laughs> but, you want
1: to hear uh, the stat though? Contested sure. catch rate. Yeah. Number one in the league.
0: Dude, I mean, I know. He, skill wise, I don't know how he fell to the third round. I have no. I he's the most. I mean, like, and unfortunately, Patriots drafted Nikhil Harry. But um, <laughs> don't I hate on Nikhil. I think he's probably. Yeah. He has the chance to be the best wide receiver in that class for the short term. Yeah. Um, and that includes like DK Metcalf, Hollywood Brown, Nikhil Harry, mm-hmm. um, those guys. Like Yeah. I I think I think he just skill wise, he might be the best one.
1: And there's some guys that um you can get excited about going into year two. We'll probably do a show on year two wide receivers, but um I think, you know, going into year two, you know guys like Marquise Brown you know, obviously, yep. Nikhil Harry Debo and too, Debo Samuel, who we talked about, and then you got um, Terry McLaurin, and I think, I think you know, Marquise Brown probably could edge this list as well, um, but I think he's more of a Tyree Kill explosive guy. But I think yeah. you're you're not wrong. Like with the talent that this kid has and the speed he has, it just all kind of works out, and it works for the the new NFL game. Um, yep, exactly. My exactly. concern. My con- my biggest concern, and we, we talked about, you know, obviously he's on the Redskins, and Haskins is his quarterback. Haskins was always known as a dink and dunk guy, and when they were playing together, they didn't have a lot of really good games until late in the season, so... Um, I don't know if it's going to translate this year into Haskins just connecting with Terry McLaurin regardless of whatever school they went to. You know, I think they went to school together. Ohio State, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know that it's just going to automatically click for these guys with the Redskins, but um, we'll have to see. I mean, he's talented. He's good. I think he's worth taking, you know what I mean, in those middle rounds to kind of just take a shot on him and hope for the best. If you end up taking him in the fifth round, I think that's too much. But I think he's a must draft guy, you know, at the value he is right now.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent with
1: that one. Awesome. So there's your list. There's your guys. I talked about Cooper Cup possibly being on it, but I said screw you, Cooper Cup. I like I like I, lo- I love you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's another um, guy. Yeah, he's a he's a beast. Um, but that'll do it for the must draft wide receiver episode. Thank you for listening to all this week's content. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Don't forget to check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll see you next week. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at TheFFChamps.